Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Corey Crenshaw. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is 40 with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. In a world where social media is king and everyone is an expert in everything, get the facts from your insiders here on Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. Here are your hosts, Corey Crenshaw and Richie Flores. Welcome back in Sporty Nation. It has been an entertaining night for me right now because of the fact that Richie sent me an old um, Instagram picture he had of back in the days of Richard as a senior in high school. And I am slightly dying here. He was one of the people who wrote on their stomachs in what was back then jobbing.com arena. And I think it's a pretty good segue into us being able to talk on this episode about our last trip to Gila River Arena to watch a Coyotes game. So we'll be talking about that photo that I'm talking about, the final trip to the game um, in Gila River Arena, and, um, you know, maybe some hockey and basketball meshing into one that is not what you'd think and a lot more. But first, I got to introduce, per the usual, my wonderful and amazing co-host, Richie Suave Flores. How you doing? Hello, Corey. It, um, happy Thursday to you as we were recording. Um, I am currently home alone for the next few days. So I get to be like Macaulay Culkin and get the run of the apartment here because um, Katarina and Izzy are both gone for the weekend, for Easter weekend. So it's just me here. And so it's nice to be able to talk to you and have some have some people around instead of it just being me. <laughs> can, can we first uh, talk about the fact that I never thought that... London Tipton and the kid from Home Alone would be getting married. Wait, really? You didn't know? No. Brenda Song and and Macaulay Culkin are married. How weird is that? It's like two childhood things meshing into one. Sweet Life of Zack and Cody meets Home Alone. 
Oh, that's why I didn't recognize her at first. Okay, I didn't. I wasn't a sweet life and of Zach and Cody person, but okay, I'll I'll go with you there. I'll go with you. Oh, fine. This is. I think this is sometimes too a little bit, just a little bit. There's not a massive age difference between Richie and I, but there's a little bit of one. And I think these are some of the little things that you wouldn't even realize that a couple like, like a few years difference will make. But I think that's actually one of them. I think uh, also you were more of a Nick kid than a Disney kid. 100%. Absolutely. That's the case. So I think that's part of it too, is, you know, basically that and and that's also kind of too why uh this photo makes me laugh so much so uh i had in my day job uh someone that i went to high school with um i ended up you know years later i ended up uh running into i ran into her in college and then you know, we hadn't talked for a while and then now we work together. And so I had one of my old high school yearbooks out to try and see if, um, if it, if it really was her. And, um, I had sent Richie and Kat an old picture of me when I was in the fashion section of my yearbook, which, um, was just very classic, um, 2000s skatery type of situation it was it was uh you know it was 2010 so it was kind of towards the end of all of that but i i still embraced that vibe for quite a while um and i was laughing at that taking photo taking a picture of it and sending it to them and everything and richie goes uh this is my one claim to fame in the yearbook and it is uh and luckily he's tweeted it out so that way you can all see it. But it is a picture of him at jobbing.com arena, which you all know now as Healer River Arena, um, being the O in monsoon. So you guys were your mascot was a was a monsoon? How is that a thing? That's correct. Trust me, we made fun of it all of the time we possibly could. We all hated it. None of us had a choice in actually picking the name of the school, which was stupid because uh, my year, we graduated 2009, class of 2009. We were the first graduating class in the history of the school, so we were the first people to actually go there. And we had no choice in the matter. We, didn't, we weren't able to pick the name. We weren't able to pick the mascot. It was just chosen by, su- by some board member. They're like, oh, this sounds cool. Hence the name, and it, and it has since stuck around. So yes, the name of my high school, Valley Vista Monsoon, um, who's n- now claimed to fame. That picture that I tweeted out is from twenty. Uh, I was from two thousand nine when I was a senior, obviously, and that was for, at a girls' basketball game at the state semifinals. Since then, Valley Vista's girls' basketball team, I believe, has won something like five or six state titles. So the one claim to fame of my high school is that our girls basketball team is legit. That's fantastic, honestly. And and I told you, I appreciated the fact that you were already supporting women's sports 
in high school. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, it was, it was fun because we technically weren't supposed to go to that game because the game was in the middle of the school day. <laughs> and some of us had early release from school. And sure, um, you didn't ditch. Some of us were also 18 at the time, including myself. And so I already went to the front desk. I was like, hey, can I sign myself out from school so we can go to this game? And the front office let me go. Um, that is priceless. I was never 18 when I was in high school, so I never got to ever try that. Um, and the and an addendum to that story is that my mom did indeed know that where I was going. I told her beforehand, and she was cool with it. But she later ended up calling the school <laughs> just to make a point, because this is my mom being my mom. She called the school later that day and was like, hey, where's my kid? Do you know where, where's my kid? Do you know where he is? And they were like, no, we got no clue. <laughs> and I think she ended up like, I think she was there to pick up my sisters or something. And, and they ended up looking at the thing where I had signed myself out from school. <laughs> what a world. That's truly the most, like I was, I'm not a rebellious kid. was never a rebellious kid. Didn't do crazy shit in high school, <laughs> but that was one of the things that I did. That was like, that was me being edgy, which is leaving school early to go to a girls' basketball game. But didn't you also leave school to go to spring training games? Uh, once in a while, yes. Not a lot, but once in a while, yes. But that Did was you... like, I think you have more edge than you give yourself credit for. <laughs> but like that was like. That was like my parents rewarding me for doing well in school. They were like, okay, you can skip a day and go see the Diamondbacks play um, if your grades are good. That's So I was like, all right, cool. And so they let me do that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you're more punk rock than you give yourself credit for. I, I will tell I will tell one more rogue story where I went rogue. I, I actually told this story on, on the Freaks earlier this week, too, because we were like pondering, all right, what – have you ever stolen anything? I was like, I've never stolen a damn thing in my life. The closest I've ever come to stealing anything is my, again, in my senior year of high school, we had a period that was like not an actual class. I don't even remember what it was called. It was almost like a study hall type thing. And it was like first thing in the morning for most of us. So we all get to school. Um, and obviously some of my friends were driving at that point, um, being seniors and they left the gate open from, for the student parking lot. And so we were all like, okay, well, this is not an actual class. Let's just leave. And so on multiple occasions we left without telling anybody cause the gate was open, hopped in the car and an, a lot of the times we would go to Safeway, which wasn't too far away from our school, and we would eat donuts, multiple donuts from Safeway. We had a Safeway right across the street, too. While we were still in the store. And our rule was, if we ate the donuts before we left the store, it's not stealing. <laughs> 
<laughs> we got we almost got caught one time by one by one clerk who was like, "Hey, are you guys gonna pay for that?" And we were like, "Yeah, didn't pay for it, just left." <laughs> I like the thought process there. Technically, you're still stealing it, just in your stomach. It's not visually seen. <laughs> who knows? That's just that was just our logic at the time. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I I I mean, Richie, you are you are more rebellious than I gave you credit for. This is very interesting. I think even as someone who has been friends with Richie for a very long time now, this, I'm learning new things. This is true. I don't think I've really told you much of my high school experience because there really was, there really isn't much to tell. No, that's a, it's actually very interesting to, to hear. I mean, the story about the donuts, I mean, I, I feel like I need to tell our friends now. This is actually an interesting story. Why have you been holding these back? Because I didn't think anybody would find them interesting. Like, they're so freaking tame compared to, like, everybody else's ridiculous high school stories. But for you, these are very interesting stories. I think this I guess, is very interesting. I guess that's true. So yeah, you can tell Scotty about that story after the show as well, and I'm sure he'll get a kick out of that. I'm we also tell him mo- that one. I'm gonna tell him that you checked yourself out of school. Yeah, and then we also multiplications too would leave on International House of Pancakes Day, and um, and go um, to IHOP on National Pancake Day and. Steal pancakes, basically, too. (laughs) See? There we go. I have heard it twice now. See, I think you just carried that on into the future and just figuring out ways how to get... uh, How to watch things without actually paying for them. (laughs) Exactly. That's your version of it as an adult. Part of the reason why this whole thing started is because I... um, I was talking to Scotty about we were watching, both of us are big Blink-182 fans. We're watching video um, of them touring back in their like heyday of like what the biggest part of their uh, career. And I was saying that going and seeing all of them live now in their older age, like obviously they weren't all together. I've seen Blink-182 without Tom DeLonge and then gone and seen um, Angels and Airwaves with Tom DeLonge. Obviously, he's the lead singer of Angels and Airwaves. And um, and I, I told him, I go, I always thought there's no way that could stick, right? There's no way that that punk rock attitude can stick through a certain age. But they have shown me it can. That you totally can be in your 40s and you can still have it stick. And, uh, and that I may actually watch an episode of the Kardashians just so I can watch Travis Barker. I just got to have someone watch it and time code for me when he's actually in it. So I don't actually have to watch it. <laughs> so, Oh, is he married to Kardashian now? He's marrying Courtney. They haven't gotten okay. married yet. Uh, okay. But yeah, so I, that was kind of my discussion here was the things that, what are the things 
that were you that you carry on through, you know, your entire life, that's kind of like identifying features. And I was always kind of um, not a rebellious kid, but it's hard for me to explain it. I, I was a little bit punk rock in the fact that I used to just say, I don't really give a fuck in the fact that like I slept in class a lot. I was late to class a lot. I think I genuinely made my dance teacher hate me because of the fact that like when she did dumb shit, I basically tried to prove to her that she was doing dumb shit. Um, And I, you know, obviously as you get older, you can't keep those tendencies as a human being. You kind of have to like be a little bit more respectful. I wasn't not respectful. I just was a bit of a smart ass in that way. Um, And I didn't, and I like to do things my way. And I was like, you know, you can't really keep that going on in life. And then now that I'm planning a wedding, I I feel that come back to me where I'm just like, I've literally basically said, I told my mom to suck it the other day because she didn't like a color or something. I go, well, I don't care. You were drinking, but you approved it. So you can suck it. And someone was laughing at me. They're like, did you just tell your mom that she can suck it? And I go, yeah. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. This is my wedding. Whatever. It's going to be what it is. And they're like, well, that that color doesn't tie in. Like, it needs to tie in somewhere. Like, no, it doesn't. I don't give a fuck. It doesn't need to tie in. And I was like, oh, my God. I did. I carried that from from (laughs) my youth to now. It's not just, like, my taste in music. There is, like, some, like, bits and pieces of that that carried on with me through my life. And that's the thing that was kind of the topic that I was kind of going into before I came into the podcast today was what is that weird thing that you had a tendency as, as you know, as like an adolescent that was kind of, uh, you know, kind of your own rebellious thing or your own habits or whatever it was that you carried through yours, Richie is stealing things without people finding out because that's genuinely like think about how many pay-per-views that you've watched without actually paying for a pay-per-view 100 percent true still do it when i'm when i want to watch like a sun's game that's not on national tv we'll do it then done it for coyotes games do it all the time for rams games that don't air on national tv too so you might, you might be right about that that's true <laughs> Yeah, that is that is what your thing is. And my thing is I have a really hard time if I think something's dumb doing it. And the, the other thing, too, I would add on is, and I, I've been like this as long as I can remember, going back to elementary school and having homework in elementary school, I always hated asking for help on anything. I always wanted to do it myself and figure it out myself and do it on my own and not ask for help unless I 100% need it. And I feel like I'm still that way to this day. If in pretty much, pretty much doing anything, I don't know if that makes me a control freak a little bit. Yes. But I still do that. Most of the time, if I'm trying to get a task done, I just want to do it myself. Let me do it. I mean, I think that Scotty gets that way too. There's one time when uh his car the windshield wipers on his his car are a little bit finicky 
And he couldn't remember how we did it the, the previous time. And I was like, I remember how to do it the, the previous time. Just let me do it. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to figure this out. It took him, I think, two hours to finally be like, okay, what's the trick? <laughs> because he was very determined to do it. And I think it's a, a simple, like, you, you know, proving to yourself a feeling of like self-sufficiency. And I think uh, a lot of people feel that to some degree and they don't realize it until they get older and they have to be in like assisted living or something and they can't do things and be self-sufficient. But I think a lot of people are like that. I think some people just have it to a higher degree than others. And it's just a level of stubbornness. Like I... I guess going back to like what I was saying, I liked to sleep in my language arts class, right? And I was a smart kid. I was an honors language and I was, I still, and I would, you know, be listening to lectures a lot of times and be hearing them, but I was always freaking tired. I don't like mornings. I played sports and I just, so I was sleeping most of the time. And I was so determined that I was actually going to sleep through that class that I there was a relationship that was made between me and the teacher that when I would do terrible on vocabulary tests, which I would, that was my one thing in that class. I didn't do very well on that. She could publicly shame me in the class as long as she allowed me to sleep in her class. (laughs) Because I was that stubborn and determined to sleep in her class. And that, that is, I feel like your version of that. There's a, there's things that people are very, stubborn about and yours is just being able to do things on your own without help it it's funny that that hasn't come into a weird place in our friendship because i am one of those people that i can't not help people that is really hard for me to just not give people help because i would rather just like get something done and move on rather than have someone like sit and figure it out for the longest time yeah for like for example remember when i was trying to figure out how to Break down the Christmas tree. The and Christmas was, like, tree that was up in like months after Christmas. Yes. Yes. That's the perfect example. I'd be like, no, you're not helping me. I'm going to do this on my own. <laughs> and see, and you know what my reward was? You know how proud I was when I finally got that damn thing done? You finally the got it done and you're going to have to turn beautiful. around and put it back up. <laughs> stop it it's april we're eight months away it basically there's so much time that it could have been down and put away where you wouldn't have seen it and and there's time that got wasted (laughs) it's true i um i don't know who's to blame for that particular situation but it got resolved that's all that matters (laughs) Regardless, Sporty Nation, let us know what your thing is that you used to do when you're like elementary school, middle school, high school, you know, like in your adolescent years that carried on with you going forward that you thought, you know, at one point I'm going to grow out of this stage and you never actually did. Whether you, whether you want to admit it or not, because there a lot of those things that I say, like, it was me being a little shit, and I know I was being a little shit, and I always thought that I would grow out of that, but I think there's still part of me that's a little shit. It's just how it is. And that that is why 
to this day, I've known you for, so let's say 20, what, 2013, 2013, nine, oh, basically almost nine years now. That's, that's why we love you, Corey. Thank you. Thank you. I, and it's, I feel like it's more of the joke of like all of our friends at this point too. During my bachelorette party, they literally wanted to talk about the times when I just like say shit to people. And I'm just like, I don't mean to be, I'm a nice person 98% of the time. But when I think when I'm done with something, you know, I'm done with something. (laughs) (laughs) That was like one of the jokes that I was like, God, why do we have to keep on talking about this? Can we stop talking about me not being nice? (laughs) Because it was, uh, but I appreciate the fact that people, the, the people who truly like you will like you even for all of your darker shit, I guess. That's the lesson I think we've learned here. And uh, those that really enjoy you will also enjoy when you paint a giant O on your chest. And uh, and still get to uh, relive that all of these years later. This is fantastic. You have to go to our, our Twitter and uh, find Richie in the words monsoon. <laughs> Truly, go again. Go look at the picture, please. Do it's the most two thousand nine picture you'll ever see in your life. One hundred percent. Corey and I were talking about this beforehand. If you go and look at every single one of us in that picture, none of us could figure out how to actually use a belt. Apparently, because every single one of us, you could see our boxers. Which Richie, it was uh, the style. You were in style. I call it that, yes. I think a part of it, too, is the fact that I was so flippin' skinny at the time that I couldn't find actual pants that could fit me. So I always had to go get bigger sizes of pants. I think that was part of the problem. Just embrace being in style. You know, we had to go through the whole white sock escapade with you. (laughs) Embrace the fact that pre-White Sock era, you did have style. Thank you. Thank you. And I will I will credit where credit's due um, after I've I've met Corey and Kat. Um, they have developed me into a, a very fine gentleman, if I do say so myself. Yes. Your, your fashion vibes now are immaculate. We are very proud of you. It is is come a long ways. It's the the journey has been interesting at times. <laughs> Getting rid of shirts that have holes in them, larger than normal holes, was probably the most interesting. But once we got past that stage, it's all it's only been up from here. <laughs> I agree. And now we're to the point where I'm buying um, laser cat Hawaiian shirts to wear. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, do you have a picture from that? That if there's another thing that we need to tweet out on our Twitter, it is a picture of that shirt. Because the fact that you won everyone money playing craps while wearing that shirt is the biggest power move I have ever heard of in my life. Um, I don't, I don't have a picture of me wearing it from the night in question, but there is a picture somewhere 
or I can find. Yes, I'll, I'll, yes, I'll find a picture of it. Somewhere. Okay, good, because that that was in its own the biggest fashion power move possible. You just like made everyone money. You are rocking your rainbow cat shark shirt. It was it was some next level stuff. Can I, I I've I've been promising you. Can I the next time? Can I wear that shirt or should I wear that shirt to um when we go see Doctor Strange? That's the next. That's the next time I need to bring that out. I think you need to bring it out sometime in California before the wedding. I feel like it's got some nice. You know, like beachy vibes. Yes, I think I think we can work work with this. We'll we'll find we'll find a day that's that's appropriate for it. I can't wait to share it with the world again because it's truly top notch. Yeah, it is. It's great, and I think it does need some solid vibes to it so i'm 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 feeling it <laughs> all right well now that we have chit chatted about our high school days for 28 minutes sporting nation in case some some of you would probably feel really old right now i know i do for goodness sake um we should probably move in to the second half of our program where we actually talk about the coyotes but before we do that sporting nation we of course want to tell you about our friends at DraftKings. We've been telling you about them for a long time. I've been making some sweet, sweet cash on DraftKings lately, Sporty Nation. And you know how I did that? I signed up with the promo code THPN when I signed up with DraftKings Sportsbook. And I've been making a crap ton of money ever since. Made some money on Kansas in the national championship game. Made some money on some of the NBA play-in games this week made some money on the Coyotes game. Their shit kicked in by the Vancouver Canucks on Thursday night. They lost seven to one. And guess what? You can make some money too. All you got to do, Sporty Nation, is sign up with the promo code THPN. And when you do that, if you haven't done it already, you can win $150 in free bets. All you got to do is bet just $1 on any team to win. And the $150 in free bets are yours. Once again, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download it now. Use the promo code THPN. You bet just $1 on any NHL team, and you get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21-plus restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. What a read. What a read. From the man again, who is the O in the equation. I'm glad that we could fast forward. Um, oh, my, my wonderful ability to do math. Um, what is this? Uh, my, my ability to do math is awful, and we're not even going to go into it. To fast forward all of these years, from 2009 to 2022, where Richie has been able to... Go from Jobbing.com Arena with an O painted on his chest to what he even said in the middle of this game was his, for those of you who don't know, Richie has a small bladder 
And he, <laughs> when he came back and told me that he took his final pee in Gila River Arena at a Coyotes game, it was a very sentimental moment um, because it has happened many, many times over all of the years. And uh, it was the last time that it got to happen. And it was the last time we got to see a game at Gila River Arena. We went and watched the game against the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, it was quite awful for the Coyotes. But it was nice to be able to see two returning players with Oliver ekman Larson and um, Connor Garland. And then, obviously, there's also Brad Richardson in there. And it was, so it was nice to be able to see them back in Gila River Arena. I don't think I've ever seen a more depressed-looking OEL being thrown up on the screen there when they uh, welcomed him back into the arena. But it was funny because I think both of us thought that it was going to be a lot more of a depressing um, thing for us just because of like all of the memories and all of that. And I mean, you know, um, I've also worked for the team and have a lot of memories that way. But it just, to me, felt different. It felt like it had already changed. It was already gone. It was already over. And that there wasn't really worth me mourning something that wasn't even alive anymore. Yeah, that's such a good way to put it. Because I thought I was going to walk out of there being like kind of sad and be like, oh, man, I'm going to miss this place. But no, I was just like, thank God the season's coming to an end. And thank God I don't have to come back to this arena again. Um, peace out, Glendale. Sayonara. Two middle fingers sky high in the air type of thing. For me, at least. And it kind of seems like you felt the same way, too, which is just like, well, that's it. And it would have been nice if the game was actually worth a shit. But the game was like, it was just awful. Like, we they got, they got beat again on Thursday, 7-1, too. The game was not entertaining whatsoever. We did see um, the Coyotes start um, um, their new goaltender, their finished goaltender, whose name escapes me at the moment. But other than that, it was just kind of a, a crap show. Um, so by the end of the game, I was like, oh, thank God that's over. I don't have to watch this anymore. <laughs> but, yeah, you're you're right. It was just like, oh, okay, that's the end of that. Let's move on. Let's. I'm ready. I'm ready to see – I'm ready to move into the new rink. Yeah, and I'd even put it – on, like on my story and it's funny my my cousin who has n- never lived here in the state of Arizona but you know his whole family has so um he's always been a Coyotes fan um automatically messaged me right back off of putting on my story and said good riddance fuck Glendale <laughs> so I think the sentiment was across everyone in it in the fact that Everyone at this point is just ready to move on, ready to just dive into how exciting it's going to be to have this team in Tempe. Um, I know some people were a little bit shocked about the prices um, of what, you know, season tickets and stuff like that are going to look like when they move to Tempe. But I, to which I respond, there's not going to be a, bad seat in the house so of course they're going to be a little bit more expensive especially if someone had tickets that were a little bit further back in Gila River Arena and two uh they're gonna have to be able to bump the price up in order to make 
you know, the same revenue that they did in a much bigger arena. Um, but in the end, I am just looking forward to the next step of this team and where they're going. And it definitely is something that I'm looking forward to seeing as opposed to, you know, the same crap we've seen over and over and over again in Glendale and the same issues that just keep on coming up as much as everyone would like to say, Oh, well, you know, this team doesn't deserve to be here in the Valley anymore. I don't think all of the people who don't live in this state and don't hear the drama with Glendale understand how much fans have already been through with, with the city of Glendale as it is. And um, you kind of mentioned the um, prices for next year at the new ASU arena. And you're right. The Coyotes sent out an email to season ticket holders this week where they outlined the kind of prices they'd be looking at inside the arena. And here's what you're looking at. I'll kind of go through this um, from the most expensive to the least expensive here. So you're looking at glass seats per game, season tickets, half season, $445. You're looking at Cinerice seats, $300. Cinerice uh, premium seats, $220. Um, the attack twice sides, 188 the attack once sides 175, goal line 150, and the den, which I'm not really sure what that is. I don't know if those are like standing room seats, is my guess, um, for $110. Um, and they do get cheaper under full season plans um, as well. And to be honest, I thought these would be more expensive than they are. Um, 350 bucks for a season ticket, glass seats. I feel like is a steal at this point. Like, I feel like that's pretty normal. Um, and then like, I was like, more expecting more, like say you and I want to go to a game. We want to buy the cheap ass tickets in the standard room only section, like hundred bucks. That's fine. Like I'm more than willing to pay a hundred bucks to go see a game there in an atmosphere that is going to be really cool and really unique. And even for a shitty-ass team like the guys are probably going to be again next season. That's pretty cool. So I, I'm okay with these prices. Um, again, for an arena that's in the NHL setting, probably going to be around 4,000 seats or so, somewhere in that area. Like, that's what you're going to pay. Um, and so I, I know a lot of people are kind of pissed off about it, but we've always expected this to be the case. That this price is because of the amount of seats we're going to be a lot higher. Well, and the other thing, too, is you would be paying about $100 anyways if you were to be paying for the lower-level seats, you know, that are about midway. They're going to be about $100 anyways. So, you know, obviously there are some uh, resale ones right now because the team isn't doing the grades that are are under that. But if you were to look at Ticketmaster, you're still going to be paying about $100 for the lower-level seats for the games now. So I don't get the frustration in that because of the fact that that's what you'd be paying. And no matter what, you're going to have a great visual of the ice in in that arena. Like, it's just it's not big enough to have a bad seat, you know? So I, I just don't understand too much outrage about it. I understand if you're a loyal fan and you've always had season tickets, how, um, 
you know, the bump in price is going to burn a pretty hole in your pocket, but it was kind of expected coming up considering the fact that how else were they going to make up the, that revenue? And when you have just how it works, when you have a smaller amount, a smaller quantity of something, the price for it is going to go up because the value is much higher. So I, I'm not surprised. I'm not really bothered by it. Uh, I think there's plenty of fans that will turn out and buy them. Um, I'm really hoping that it's going to be Coyotes fans that are turning out and buying these. Um, Scotty and I had that discussion after we had left the last Coyotes game about whether these tickets will be getting bought up by, and obviously these season tickets, but the the game-to-game tickets will be bought up by Coyotes fans or if they're going to be bought up by out-of-state fans. I'm hoping that out-of-state fans don't want to pay the up in price and that Coyotes fans would much rather pay the more expensive price to support the team because we know how loyal these fans are. Yeah, and if I remember correctly, Craig had an interview with Javier Gutierrez, um, I believe last month or maybe the month before, somewhat recently, and I, I believe for the first time ever I saw a number attached to how many season ticket holders the Coyotes have. And I believe I'm going to look it up here because I think it was, uh, let's see here about, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Maybe this wasn't it. Maybe I'm looking at a different, uh, this is great radio as I try to look this up. Maybe it's not in that article, but um, around about a thousand, a little over a thousand season ticket holders was what the number that I saw um, uh, cited by Javier Gutierrez in an interview with him a while back, um, which would only account for about a quarter to uh, 20% of the capacity. So you're going to get a lot of single game seats sold as well. So, yeah, you're right. I'm kind of interested to see that dynamic depending on the team because we know when the Blackhawks come to town, when the Maple Leafs come to town, when the Golden Knights come to town, when uh, the Penguins come to town, when the Bruins come to town, when any Canadian team comes to town, you're looking at an over you're looking at a hey, I don't say majority in a lot of times, but you're a lot of those out of state fans show up to games. And so I'm curious to see that dynamic play out. We've also seen Javier Gutierrez talk about um, the possibility of having a student section full of ASU students. I was actually just looking at that part where they're saying that we're keeping the student section and we're looking to partner with ASU student groups like the 942 crew, which would be really really cool because they're the ones that have made national uh, news and national outlets in the fact of all of the crazy stuff that they do at ASU basketball games. Curtain of distraction at ASU hockey at ASU, ASU hockey games. Yes. But or Coyotes hockey games too. make it happen. Just do it. doesn't even have to be like, could be in the middle of the game. I don't care. Just give me a curtain of distraction. Anytime there's a power play of the opposing team, the Coyotes are on the penalty kill, curtain of distraction right behind the net. Would you imagine shootouts with the curtain of distraction? 
Yes. 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 That is what I want in my life. Need, want, and need. I'm putting that out right now. I want curtain of the distraction every single time that there is a shootout at a Coyotes game, at an ASU hockey game, every time they need to be there. I want to see it so bad. It would be so great. It would be amazing. Um, ASU basketball hasn't been good recently, so I don't think they've really gotten much um, focus on the current distraction in recent history. But in the past, they've gotten some big-ass names behind the current distraction, so um, including some Coyotes actually participate in the current distraction several years ago. Uh, I don't remember who exactly it was, that was behind the current distraction that were coyotes at the time, but they did do it a couple years ago. Um, we also want to mention uh, the new article from Craig on Thursday that has both of Corey and I, I think very excited, which is the possibility of the, this coyotes proposed arena in Tempe um, working in collaboration with Arizona State as a possible future home for both ASU uh, men's and women's hoops, which would be really cool. Uh, I'm going to read from Craig's article here for a a moment. Um, ASU has had discussions with the Coyotes about using the proposed 16,000-seat arena as its new home for men's and women's basketball teams. Uh, Multiple sources familiar with the situation confirmed. Um... ASU basketball currently plays at Desert Financial Arena, which was built in 1974. Um, Ray Anderson told Arizona Sports that renovating the facility would be a top priority for the school. Now that construction of the new hockey arena is is nearing completion. Um, And as someone who attended Wells Fargo Arena at the time, many times back in the day when I was a student there to see uh, basketball games, I could could certainly tell you that – now Desert Financial Arena probably needs an upgrade. Uh, I will certainly agree, agree with that. Um, so yeah, that is now out there that that could be a possibility. And I think it's a great, great idea to make that happen. See, I, I really badly, and I love that the Suns are doing well right now, but I really just want to say suck it, Sarver. Because of the fact that this is what we've wanted for so long with the Suns. It makes total sense. It is what everyone else does for the most part. And the fact that you have your basketball teams and your hockey teams playing in the same arena, it just makes sense. And we were just talking about the curtain of distraction. It would totally make sense for of for the curtain of distraction. I don't know how many times I can say that before I get tongue tied. Um, you know, to be there all the time because they'll be in the same arena and you will have such great ties with ASU and all of this, this ASU coyotes relationship is so tight right now. And I think it'll bring in a lot of students into watching the coyotes. And we do know that uh, there tends to be a relatively younger audience of hockey fans and really kind of growing a lot more of those and taking 
advantage of the fact that a lot of kids come from Canada and come from the East Coast and want to go to school at ASU because of the fact that it doesn't snow here. So they enjoy coming to school here and, and love hockey and they can come and watch these games out there. There's so many things that I think will be great and being able to combine um, ASU basketball with uh, Arizona Coyotes games down the road would be just perfect and kind of what we all wanted to see eventually anyways. Craig also mentions the possibility of hosting some March Madness tournaments down the road. Um, I believe it's next year, the uh, maybe the year after. I don't know if it's next year or the year after, but the women's Final Four is going to be here in Phoenix. They're going to host it at the Phoenix Suns Arena. Um, But think about that for a second. You can host your March Madness tournaments at that at the new arena. Um, so you can have your elite eight games there, um, which would be awesome. And then on top of this, I've always wanted this to happen. And there was discussion about the possibility of it happening and the Coyotes submitting a bid when ice Arizona was the owners of the team. And they first bought the team. They were, had been very public about the idea of submitting a bid to host the frozen four. So imagine that. Um, ASU partnering with the Coyotes again and submitting a bid to host the Frozen Four here in Arizona at a brand new Coyotes arena down the road. That'd be awesome. And it also just proves too in all of this that with the right partnerships and with the right business mentality in this, you can make so much happen that Glendale never thought about, never capitalized on, was never able to actually offer any of that because of the location of the arena and just the poor relationships that were it with Gila River Arena in general because of the fact that they keep on talking about these concerts that they want to put in there when, if and when the Coyotes build this arena in Tempe, they already have all of these options that they are throwing around as things that they can do to make revenue on top of games. This is a great way to have a team that is supposed to be going on the up and up player wise in the future to be also going up and up business wise. If the two of these things can align, I mean, the world may end because I don't think we've ever gotten as Coyotes fans to enjoy both a good team and a good business at the same time. But if we can finally realize that, it'll be fantastic. It'll be the first time that this team, since the team got down here, that you will have an, a stable Arizona Coyotes team in a stable arena that is making a great amount of money that is getting good publicity and is spreading the game of hockey. It is the perfect recipe if everything goes to plan. And yeah, if everything goes to plan is the key there. Um, one last little bit of, of news regarding 
the uh, situation with the Coyotes in Tempe. Um, Craig Morgan also reported um, that once again that there are there have been new elections for the Tempe City Council. Two new members who are going to be seated in July, according to Craig. Multiple sources have told PHNX that a decision on the Coyotes proposal is expected while the current council is seated, but no hard deadlines have been set. Um, he goes on to say that it is not likely that a final vote will be held by the end of this month. Um, I also saw some consternation among Coyotes fans this week where um, – um, he cites another source said that a decision to reject the RFP in private is unlikely, suggesting that it would reflect poorly on the mayor if the council opted to kill the proposal in secrecy after publicly requesting the proposal. Um, and I and there was another one that, um, um, according to a different source, it said, "I think there is a good chance it never comes to a public meeting or vote." this likely will die in the dark without the public ever knowing. So we have a lot of different moving parts going on here. A lot of things that we don't know what's going on behind closed doors here, but hopefully we get a resolution sooner rather than later. Um, I have, I have two more things, Corey, before we go. Um, we of course get to do our very world famous tankathon.com NHL draft lottery simulator which never turns out well. I think we've done this two dozen times in different circumstances, and I think the Coyotes have only won the lottery twice. <laughs> so, Yeah, it's not very lucky. It's funny, my parents asked about what our chances were and, and if it was better, if the Coyotes were at the very bottom, and... To which I just replied, uh, normally, technically, the percentage goes up if they are at the very bottom, yes. Uh, that does not change anything for the Coyotes because they are the Coyotes. So, uh, and then I presented to them the fact that I think it's only twice that we've done this tankathon where the Coyotes have actually gotten the number one overall pick. So, um, our advice... We usually like to be very optimistic, but our advice is not to hold your breath. <laughs> exactly. We're just going to be like, we're just bound for disappointment. Um, so here we go. We're going to do this again. Sport Nation, the 2022 NHL draft lottery simulator. The Coyotes have the worst record in the league right now. 16.6% odds. I did some math earlier today, Sport Nation. If the season ended today, this would be the worst points percentage in the history of the Coyotes since they moved to Arizona. Just throwing that out there too. Here we go. Three, two, one. Nope. Where did the Coyotes end up? Number one overall is the Detroit Red Wings, who jumped eight spots up to number one. Why? Number two is the Flyers, who jump two spots. And once again, in the uh, – what's the, what's the saying? Always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Is that what it is? Oh, great. Yeah. Sitting at the number three spot is the Coyotes. <laughs> Fantastic. 
Very on brand. Very, very on brand, actually. But was that, what did you say, eight spots? The Detroit Red Wings jumped up eight spots. Their odds, 5.4%. Yeah. So remember when I said the odds really don't matter when it's when the Coyotes are being considered? That's right. what I mean. Right. It's it's like gambling. The house always wins. And the house is anyone that is not the coyotes. Ain't that ain't that the truth? Unless the house is a craps table, and that craps table table is in Tahoe, because boy oh boy. Cleaned up. Cleaned up. Six eight nine, baby. Alright, before we go, Corey, Rich, one last maybe thing. You need to wear that cat shirt on the day of the the draft lottery. So you think that's my lucky charm? It's the lucky shirt. I That's what I'm believing in, at least. I'm manifesting that. The lucky shirt. Okay, I like it. So I need to wear that anytime I need some luck. Exactly. I like it. I like it. Uh, one last thing before we go. Um, I, I caused a stir on Twitter earlier today when I tweeted out, a picture of some bananas and the bananas were labeled one to seven based on their ripeness. Um, Kat was making fun of me today because I bought some bananas and, and she grabbed one and she was like, Oh, I'm going to eat one of these. Cause I know you aren't going to eat them. Cause I know you, you like them when they've gone bad basically. And so I, I texted you the question you replied and and then I told you, did I end up telling you what my answer was? I think I did. Yes, and, you did. And everybody who I have told thinks I'm crazy. Which is, on this particular scale, I am very much a five and six person. I, I want there to be brown spots on the banana peel. Don't get me wrong. If there's brown on the banana peel, just not on the banana itself. That's disgusting, usually. But... If there's a decent amount of brown on the banana peel, but the inside of the banana is intact, fucking delicious. I love it. So good. So that's why I'm usually a five and six on this particular um, calendar of things. We got a lot of replies on Twitter, most of which were all in agreement and they were all kind of like a three and four, sometimes, and sometimes like three and four. Um, nobody else said five or six except for me. Um, we had, uh, and then we had clay, of course, clay Collins, friend of the show, fellow C squared, Corey. Um, he said zero cause he doesn't like bananas at all. Um, uh, friend of the show, Jordan, she weighed in and said three and four are reasonable choices. Five is a hotel breakfast on a team trip kind of option. Um, I, I, I then texted her later. I was like, um, um, I'm I'm a five and six, and 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 she, I'm pretty sure she thinks I'm crazy now. So I just wanted to get that out there. I want to explain myself that I am not crazy for liking my bananas to be as ripe as humanly possible. Because what, what she should take right? out of that is if she ever has too ripe of bananas, she should just give them to you. That's true. Yes, absolutely, Jordan. If you're listening, if you have bad bananas, you're welcome to pop on over. And I will, I will uh, gladly take on any and all bananas in the five and six range on that chart. 
See, I I chose a three. Um, I'm very much in a three on that chart. I can understand why you like it, you know, towards the end of the banana's lifespan on that chart, because of the fact that the older the bananas get, the sweeter they get. Yes. So, so you like the sweeter bananas. Um, I don't like the I don't like the mushier tendency. Like that they get to be like that texture does not agree with me once it gets to the very end of a banana's life. However, I did say there is a lot of value in bananas that are at that point because of the fact that they are great for banana bread. I'd agree with you on that one. So I am not, um, I do not judge my bananas. I feel like all bananas have good use. I agree with you on that one. I I haven't made banana bread in a while. I should make it again because it's delicious. I feel like the last time I made banana bread was a long time ago. I think it was during the pandemic when I was bored as fuck. And I was like, I'm going to make banana bread. And it was delicious. Need to make it again. And pair it with my pumpkin pie, which I originally was going to make tonight before we recorded. Forgot to buy the essentials when I was at the store today. So I have delayed my pumpkin pie baking until Friday. Damn. I was going to try and make sure that I saw you sometime this weekend so I could have some pumpkin pie. You better not push it back anymore. No, because, I yeah, my family Easter dinner is on Saturday night, so they got to be done by then. Yeah, well, I mean, if there's any extra pumpkin pie, going to come find you. There's There should be plenty because, again... I'm the only one in the house this weekend, so. Okay, good. I'm I'm, gonna come find I'm, there's you. no way I'm going to finish an entire pumpkin pie by myself. <laughs> or, or, or maybe, 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 maybe not. Maybe I will. I'll be like, ah, just eat the whole damn thing. And I'll just run it off in the morning. Yeah, just be bored and eat an entire pumpkin pie. I, I could see that being a thing. <laughs> I, I would say no shame. Um, I would say one day, I, one day I probably will make you some banana bread just so you can have some banana bread. I used to make it all the time. Um, but then, you know, funny story, uh, Scotty did one of those food sensitivity tests, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, his doctor had prescribed one and so he went and got one done and it came back that he is is allergic to bananas to which i asked him have you ever noticed anything with bananas this about killed me he said um yeah bananas have always made my throat itch why did you keep eating the bananas if they make your throat itch you're clearly allergic to bananas if they make your throat itch So we don't have bananas in the house anymore. Shame. So that that that's my little fun story. And it, it's uh just quite funny to me because I that one made me laugh really hard. He's like, oh well it always made my throat itch. And I'm like, but you still ate bananas anyways. Okay. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I think we solved all the world's problems on tonight's show. We learned about Corey and I's high school experiences. We learned about um, my my ridiculousness in high school. We learned that I could not find pants that fit me when I was in high school. Uh, we learned about the Coyotes and ASU. We learned that Corey and I have gone to our last game at Gila River Arena. And we learned that the Coyotes have no luck when it comes to the draft lottery. Did you learn anything on the show today, Corey? Oh, I've learned many things, and I'm staring at Scotty right now, and I cannot wait to tell him the stories that you've told on this episode. <laughs> oh, boy. I know you're excited to hear these, Scotty. They're, they're barn burners, because I've, I've never... I don't even know if he can hear me. Probably not, but... Yeah, he, he can. Uh, I can only oh. imagine these stories. <laughs> I will tease them for you, Scotty, because you weren't around. They're stories of me from high school... Of which I've never told Corey until tonight. So she finally learned about how much of a rebel I was back in the day. And, so, and uh, how he stole donuts. He stole <laughs> donuts? Probably cut up the lunch line? Rich was a bully in high school is what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good night, good hockey, everybody.